Hi, this is Braden Holpe. Hey, this is Tanner the Bulldozer Bozer. Hi, this is Brian Burke from Toronto, Ontario. This is Daryl Sutter. Hello, everyone. I'm Carly Agro from Sportsnet Central. This is Jay Onright. This is Quick Dick Quick Dick coming to you from Tufnell, Saskatchewan. Hey, everybody. My name is Steel Fleury. This is Kelly Rudy. This is Corey Cross. This is Wade Redden. This is Jordan Tutu. My name is Jim Patterson. Hey, it's Ron McLean, Hockey Net in Canada and Rogers Hometown Hockey, and welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, folks. Hope the weekend treated you well. Um, first off, in the show notes, I have updated it with my phone number. That way, if you want to get a hold of me, you can just shoot me a text or maybe you got some thoughts or just want to chat. It's all good. I was saying to a couple of buddies this weekend, some of my best guests have come off of either your suggestions or some of the listeners putting me in touch with people. And I, I think that's friggin' sweet. So I want to make sure that I'm accessible to all of you. So if you're looking to get a hold of me, want to give me some feedback, first and foremost, subscribe, uh, leave a rate and review at the very bottom of the those home pages for the podcast. That definitely helps. Um, but it helps uh, when you guys have ideas or maybe some good suggestions or people you know that would be great guests. I love to hear. Um, now, let's before we get to today's guest, which he surprised the crap out of me, uh, here's this big giant of a man who used to tussle in the NHL and just an absolute uh, gentle giant. Um, before we get there, let's get to today's episode sponsors, Carly Clausen and the team over at Windsor Plywood, uh, builders of the podcast studio table. And actually, I should point out, they are builders of the, the wall that's in all the live streams or all the, the YouTube videos. Uh, the wall that's behind me, that all came from Windsor Plywood as well. So for everything wood, these are the guys, whether we're talking about mantles, decks, windows, doors, or sheds. When you want quality, stop in and see the group at Windsor Plywood. Uh, or hop on your phone, your Instagram. Everybody's, you know, you can just find it so easily. And you can see some of the products they're dealing with. It's super cool. And uh, <laughs> Mr. Mister Carly is uh, one heck of a guy to deal with as well. So give him a call, 780-875-9663. Clinton team over at Trophy Gallery. You know, we did something cool. He uh, he donated a Crosby jersey to the podcast studio. And then, in the meantime, we're going to try and sell it. You know, see if we can sell it. And while we were selling it, we were going to give 10% to a local charity. So it was a cool little, uh, you know, see if we can raise a little bit of money and, and sell a jersey that, you know, most people can't stop into the store and see. So put it out on Instagram. I'm talking about going on Instagram and seeing some of the cool stuff. And so I was excited. I was hoping we were going to sell this thing maybe, I don't know, Clint. I was hoping like six months from now because Crosby, oh, black and yellow. Oh, baby, signed like it looks sharp. Well, it sold in a day. So that's out the door. So I'm going to see now uh, what he's got sitting on his shelves. He's so much more than medals and awards. He's got all this signed memorabilia. Obviously, the the Sidney Crosby one was the one I wanted in the studio. I It was a sharp-looking jersey. It doesn't surprise me. It sold so quick. And uh, if you hop on trophygallery.ca, they got over 5,000 products. They ship Canada-wide, and he can just do some super cool, unique things specifically to you or your company. And uh, they are, like I say... In there every day, the ship can wide. Hop on trophygallery.ca and uh, use the promo code Newman and you'll get 15% off. 
Jen Gilbert and team want you to know for over 40 years, since 1976, the dedicated realtors of Coldwell Banker Cityside Realty have served Lloydminster and the surrounding area. They're passionate about our community and they pride themselves on giving back through volunteer opportunities and partnerships as often as they can. We know that home is truly where awesomeness happens. Coldwell Banker Cityside Realty for everything real estate, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Give them a call, 780-875-3343. Uh, Jill Fisher, welcome back. Uh, mortgage broker here in town. Now, obviously, her name says it all. She proudly serves the area of Lloydminster, Bonneville, Cold Lake, and Vermilion areas. She looks forward to working with all of you for your mortgage needs. A mortgage broker is not limited in the product they can offer you. Instead, brokers seek out the best lender package to suit your specific situation. I got to say, she's been a dream to deal with. That is what we have, uh, well, She's probably laughing at this. She's been prodding me because I just need to sign a few more papers, and then we've uh, signed back in with our mortgage, and Jill's been fantastic to work with. Give her a call today, 780-872-2914, or stop in and see her on her website, jf, well, jfisher, F-I-S-C-H-E-R.ca. I was going to say Fisher, and then that was going to confuse a bunch of people because there's multiple spellings. Now, Clay Smiley, Prophet River. I was saying last week, uh, the story goes with him. He wanted the Cooper rifle. We're going way back to the beginning in Clay's teaching days. Um, but he was unable to find said Cooper rifle in the, in Canada. You know, and then he started looking and, and doing what Clay does, and, and he found the Cooper rifle sitting in the US of A. But, I mean, it's not as simple as just walking across the gun, as we all know. And so he went to work on importing that rifle uh, from the United States. Well, it wasn't long after he pulled that off that, of course, then the friend comes knocking, and then a friend of a friend, and then a friend of friends of friends. And, uh, you know, you fast forward, and here we sit in 2021 now, and Profit River has grown into a major retailer of firearms, optics, and accessories serving all of Canada. All you got to do is go to ProfitRiver.com and check them out today. And I promise when dealing with uh, with people, Clay is one of the best. And uh, you won't find many better. SMP Billboard across from the UFA. I stopped in and saw Deanna Wandler there the other day. Uh, the team over at Read and Write, they do great work. And whether it's the, the quote on my wall, whether it's my sign behind my head, or whether it's that billboard out on the street, if you're looking for any outdoor signage, make sure you stop in and see Read and Write today. Gardner Management is a Lloydminster-based company specializing in all types of rental properties to help meet your needs, whether you're looking for a small office uh, or maybe 6,000 square foot commercial space. Give Wade Gartner a call, 780-808-5025. If you're heading into any of these businesses, make sure you let them know you heard about them on the podcast. Uh, I know COVID is making it a little interesting for all of us, but uh, it helps them know you're listening. And if you're interested in advertising on the show, visit Sean Newman Podcast in the top, uh, SeanNewmanPodcast.com in the top right corner. Hit the contact button and send me your information. Uh, we don't have a ton of space uh, left for 2021, but there is a couple spots and uh, we want you to come be a part of this team. We're having a lot of fun on this side, and uh, would love to have you uh, advertise on the show. Now let's get to your T-Bar 1 tale of the tape. Originally from Brock, Saskatchewan, he played in the WHL for the Blades, Rebels, Raiders, and Medicine Hat Tigers. He made his NHL debut at age 28 in the Battle of Alberta, Over his career, he suited up for 91 games for the Oilers, Panthers, and Penguins. 
He played 16 years pro for 17 different teams in nine different leagues, and at one point moved nine times in three years. He was a career enforcer, a journeyman. I'm talking about Steve McIntyre, Big Mac. So buckle up, here we go. This is Steve McIntyre. Welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. Well, welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Mr. Steve McIntyre. So first off, uh, thanks for hopping on. Hey, my pleasure. Sorry I wasn't able to get on last week. <laughs> well, that's that's all right. Um, I uh, Like I said to you via text, it that's life, man. That's that's what happens, yeah. and we just work around it. So yeah, now, well, now we get to do it, and we're, we're going to have a little <laughs> bit of fun. So no, it's, go. all, it's all good. I appreciate it. Now, uh, for Oiler fans, because you're you're you know this is oil country I'm in, uh, they're gonna remember you from back in the days of when you got your start. Um, what are you doing now? Like from what I hear, you're you're a firefighter. I'm a full time firefighter. Yep, in uh, Kernersville, North Carolina. In North Carolina, how's how's that? How's things there? Uh, well, today, it's funny you say that. Today's a little bit different. It's a little eerie uh, with everything going on. Uh, you know, President Trump and the presidency, and it's kind of we're a little bit glued to the TV because we kind of want to know what's going on. But at the same time, we're trying to like today I've been going through papers and files and, you know, trying to go through different things that I've kind of neglected over the course of the few last few years. So it's kind of been my day to go through that. Uh, but uh, today, like I said, it's 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 a great job. I enjoy it. Obviously, you get to hang out with your buddies. It's a lot similar <laughs> to uh, the dressing room. Uh, you know, we crack up and, and you know, <laughs> bust jokes and <laughs> do a lot of dumb crap that, uh, you know, we used to do in the dressing room all the time. So like I said, it's, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. No, a group of guys stuck in a, a room together. No, that can not be any fun. No, that, yeah, that wouldn't be fun at all. Yeah. I mean, I get stuck with these two idiots. Like, well, I'll, I'll show you, I'll give you the tour. Yeah, do it. Let's do it. Yeah. So these are two idiots that I get to hang out with. We're making supper right now. So, <laughs> yeah, we're here. Seriously. So, we got the Mexican going, and I'd like to say uh, that's my uh, uh, guacamole dip, and it's it's unreal. And here's my mess. You know, I've got the jalapenos and onions and, the, you know, the cheese, the queso, or whatever you call it, Mexican cheese, and we got some rice going on here and some – what are we making? Carnitas? I mean – yeah, yeah. It's, it's unreal. But yeah, I get stuck with these two idiots, especially this guy. He's my uh, young protege. That's my captain. So <laughs> it's uh, like I said, this is the life of a you know firefighter. We're we're literally in a in an old house that has a. I mean, it's <clears throat> obviously we have the regular fire stations that everybody sees. You know, the big shiny buildings with the big fire trucks. Our fire station is literally an old house that has been converted into a fire station. And I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. I love it. We don't get a lot of calls, but uh, like I said, I'm just giving you the tour. Uh, you know, we got our rooms and different things. And obviously I'll show you what I'm driving today. I'm pretty proud of the old girl. She's at 2006 Pierce. There she be. Oh, well, that, that'd be your fate. Oh, there she is. There, oh, she, there is. she is. 
I suggest uh, for all the listeners, they hop on YouTube so they can see what the heck you're talking about. Oh, uh, I'm on YouTube too. Uh, this is awesome. Like I, I'm kind of, a, you know, I'm giving you the grand tour of everything. So this is, I'm driving this old girl today. Yeah. So it's just kind of the, like I said, the icebreaker. There she is, the old Pierce. That's badass. Uh, She's the oldest battleship poacher <laughs> on the on the front line right now. So. Steve McIntyre, screw hockey. Let's talk. Let's talk fighting fires. How long? How long you been? Uh, how long you been uh, doing this for? Four years in August. Four years in August. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's been fun. I I actually. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what, what better job to do other than to get to hang out with your buddies, uh, you know, <laughs> 24 hours a day. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, no, I, I got, I've had, uh, you're the second firefighter that I can think of that's come on. Well, another guy in Calgary, uh, former hockey player. And he says the exact same thing. Right. And he's gone yeah. and played in, uh, um, the world. What is it? The world championships it's it's like okay. uh, firefighter olympics almost oh yeah, yeah okay yeah yeah yeah. so I, I i get it there's a there's a lot of uh camaraderie there i mean you're on a team oh, yeah. all pulling the same way so yeah. that's super that's super cool now and if we're not we're, we put our like i said we put boots and asses too if, if you know somebody's not pulling it away we'll, we'll jump on them pretty quick so. <laughs> uh, we're not afraid not afraid to call a guy out I got. I, I feel like I'm living under a rock here in small town Alberta. What What's going on with Trump today? Uh, well, like I said, the whole deal with uh, <clears throat> uh, well, with the uh, how can I be? You know what? I'm going to screw being politically correct. I'm, you know, uh, <clears throat> it's uh, you know, obviously with uh, what's going on down here with the Biden and Trump. Obviously, you know the election and how. You know, people, I have a hard time and I'm not, and like I said, I, <clears throat> my take on it is, you know, we're, we're supposed to be Canada, U.S., North America as a whole is supposed to be the, um, I'm not going to word this the right way, the, the ship, like everybody, the we're, we're supposed to be, you know, talking about democracy, talking about different things like that. Like we're supposed to be, you know, the, the shining, the shining ship. light, the, yeah. the guiding, the guiding way of, and, of way to do know, things. With the, <clears throat> with the corruption that's going on, and I mean, I'm not going to get into politics, but either side, you know, and even back home, the corruption that is there and that nobody is taking. For me, I feel like in a lot of America, well, I'm not American, I'm Canadian living down here, but at the same time, uh, there's not a lot of checks and balances, and I think people are getting fed up with it. And obviously today uh, they stormed uh, Capitol Hill and uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty Western up there right now. So Hill uh, come growing up in Western Canada, you go back through history and you can see how some people that were, you know, they kind of thumbed their nose and said, screw you guys, Western Canada, you know, you guys are nothing. And, but yet, you know, like I said, you don't have uh, you can't thank a farmer and a rancher. You don't get if you don't thank a farmer and a rancher three times a day. You know you got something to you know you're, you're just you're not seeing the, the right picture. But well, you come you come from small town Saskatchewan. I come from small town Saskatchewan. Uh, grew up on a farm. You grew up on a farm. 
Farmers yeah. are the best. And uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And that's, and like I said, I'm proud to be, I'm proud of where I was raised. I'm proud of my, my heritage, uh, you know, growing up farming and ranching. That was, that was what I knew. And I was very thankful. You know, we, we, every day before, before supper, before dinner, whatever, you know, we'd say the blessing and, and thank the good Lord above for, for giving us what we, what we have to eat. And in reality, I think a lot of people don't understand where, how much of a factor that those, you know, that the, the farmers and ranchers and, 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 and people that maybe not necessarily have the voice that the, the majority of people that live in the cities, like they, they just, it's a different way of thinking. And, you know, I'm not trying to get into politics or no, no, it's all good. I, else, but I mean, I just, I've always had that mentality. And I mean, I've, you know, even playing hockey, I've always had that mentality of, of, you know, even the job that I did that I was always trying to watch out for, for somebody that was smaller or somebody that was just, you know, and that was just, it's me. And even right now, it's like, I feel for farmers and ranchers across rural America, across rural Canada. And it's just like, you know, nobody's really hearing them. And right now I think it's come to a head where, Hey, you know what? We are here to be heard. Like you look at all of the people that are on <clears throat> Capitol Hill right now, they're all, you know, kind of, that blue collar type <laughs> bunch so because they get it and they're not the crazy you know they're not out there starting fights they're not you know but they're they're standing up for what they believe in and and that's something that uh you know more people have to do and i think a lot of people are scared to do because of the repercussions and you know like we can we can go on and on and on talking about you know this or that but that's just my you know my take on it but but anyway Hey, I tell you what, Steve, don't, don't, uh, I know, I know, um, everybody's nervous to, to talk about anything because it's like, well, I gotta be like politically Politically correct correct. and whatever. Well, I could safely say to you here, you're, you're talking to, uh, rural (laughs) communities and everybody's going to be going rah, rah with you. Uh, I had Theo Fleury on and he, uh, he, he, he was all over the liberals and, uh, my area, I'm a, I'm a balanced guy. I, I, I hear exactly what you're saying. Yeah. I, I see, I feel, I try to see both sides. Yeah. And, um, and that's, come- and that's the thing about it, Sean, is like, you know, the right far right is wrong and far left is wrong, but yeah. it's like, you know, people don't understand. Okay. There is some middle ground, but the way you look at the whole world, new world order, you know, you, you know, you go back to wrestling days and you think, yeah, you, you see the NWO, it's like new world order, and but now you look at it now, and it's like you know everybody wants to go under this, you know, and it's it's kind of it's a little bit scary, you know, to think about, and you know, like I'm not like this stupid mask thing, like you know what? Yes, Corona is a, is a, is a real thing. Yes, you know it affects people different. Um, am I still there? Yeah. Yep. Uh, it affects people different. You know, I do it out of respect for the elderly or for, you know, I try to be respectful. Do I agree with it? No, I think it's a, uh, even talking to my mom and dad, like, you know, my, my dad had had some medical issues and, you know, uh, fortunately, uh, you know, he's, he's overcome that, but I mean, his immune system's down. So, you know, I can understand, but at the same time, people are, there's, there's so much, uh, there's so much fear that has been instilled by certain, 
you know, government or media or, you know, I mean, the list goes on that people are living in fear of, you know, this big, scary. And I mean, like I said, I'm not I'm not taking away from what it is because it is real and it, it, it does affect people. Like we've got one guy, you know, we've had several actually in the fire station, um, you know, not this particular one, but in the in, in our in our uh, department that have had the corona. You know, I've got one of my good friends. She's a medic. Uh, you know, for, for Seth County, she, she had it. And I mean, I was following her like on Instagram and I was like, Hey, you know, Heather, you know, how can I, you know, if you need anything, how can I help? What can I do? Cause I mean, it was bad. Like it was really, really bad. And so I understand that, but at the same time, you know, it's like walking down the street. All right. You know, you're going to walk down the street and well, you might get hit by a car or you might get hit by a truck, but are you going to be cooped up in your house living in fear all your life? Like that's, the way I think of it. And I mean, it's, it's simplistic and it's, you know, maybe archaic and cavemanish. I don't, I don't know. It's just me. I'm not going to have, you know, uh, I'm not going to live my life in fear. And it's unfortunate that some people think that way and, and uh, you know, do the masks work. <laughs> the N95s do, but you know, these things and, and this, you know, the, 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 like, give me a break, but anyway, that's my uh, my take on things, but I think I just, it's I, I think it's I, I think it's a good take. Uh, I would say I agree with everything you just said. I listen, the flu kills a lot of people. We it just does. never. Funny thing about it is, let me tell you this: ever since this Corona thing, have we had any flu cases? No, that's kind of weird, isn't it? I, what I was going to say is the flu kills a lot of people uh, every single year. And uh, listen, I'm a guy that when March and April, I would say. I was like, stay the hell away from me. Let's yeah. just lock up and get through this thing. Yeah. But the longer it goes yeah. and the more hypocrisy you see and the more things going on, you're like, some of this just doesn't make any sense. It's like, it goes back to what you said. Well, I drive every day and you know where I live and the roads I drive on in the seasons of the year that we have here. Uh, man, that the statistics, we don't look at that because if you did, you probably wouldn't be doing it. You'd be stayed at home. That's right. But that's, that's, you know, we have to do that to like, I, you know, the other day I was asking my engineer, I said, Hey, I said, uh, is it truck? Is it pretty top heavy? Or how's it handling the ice and snow? Cause they were calling for ice and snow and me being, you know, Saskatchewan farm kid. I am, I'm thinking parking lot, you know, <laughs> let's go test this bad boy out. Let's get her, you know, and can you imagine me, you know, the town manager driving down the road in his, you know, his car and seeing, us idiots out in the parking lot spinning donuts in the fire truck. I mean, not saying that couldn't happen, but, you know, I mean. You'd probably get a million hits on the YouTube. Yeah, I'd get fired over that one. i definitely get called in the chief's office for that one. He'd probably be laughing, but at the same time, he'd be like, yummy. Like, see. We're like, well, we're just, you know, it's just driver training. We were learning how, I mean, just like growing up as kids, you know, dad took us out on the slough and taught us how to drive. You know, we're tractor feeding cows. You ever done, how about this one? You ever done donuts and tractor feeding cows? Well, I mean, those are things you do on the farm. That's how you learn how to, you know, drive it. It's just figuring it out. What, what was the first, what was the first uh, vehicle you learned to drive on the farm as a kid? Oh, uh, well, at 12 years old. I had a, my dad had a, well, actually the very first time I ever drove, we had an old Dutes 130 old co-op implements tractor. And, and, 
it was a stacker tractor and of course we had to stack all the idiot cubes i've oh and the funny thing about it was like square bales my dad used to tell me stories about oh well you don't have it that bad i used to you know stack square bales till blah 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 blah, blah. and i'm like well okay but i mean literally we didn't have a round baler until i was probably uh, probably 14 somewhere in there 14 15 so we were stacking you know we we're feeding 100 cows plus plus you know all our horses we had a bunch of broodmares and different things so i mean you can imagine the feed we put up and dad i mean we had a stack yard and i mean we filled it about half full usually you know and then filled the rest full of you know round bales and neighbors you know we get guys come in and round bale some stuff but but uh but I drove this old Dutch tractor and it had a real, it had a bad clutch. I mean, you had to feather it. And if you didn't feather it, I mean, your head was bouncing off the back window. So of course I thought I was pretty cool. My grandpa or my dad was teaching me how to drive this tractor and it's, you know, it's got a high low and then it's got a, you know, your gear shift. So it's got, it's got two, it's got two gear shifts. I mean, you know, no big deal. Right. So that was the first one I drove. And I mean, I'm, like I said, even to this day, you still got to be, it still runs and it's still the stacker tractor, but, uh, it's, it's, uh, you've got to learn, you've got to have, you have got to have your mind right when you're driving that tractor. It ever bug it you, will, it ever bug farm, you that, uh, kids probably won't, uh, well, I shouldn't say that farm kids will probably learn that, but even now when you go to buy a vehicle, you know, we always I feel like my parents always impressed upon us to get a standard, right? You got to yeah. learn You got to learn how to shift. You got to learn See, that. This, the funny thing about it is y'all like back home we grew grew up saying standard like standard automatic transmission standard down here they call it straight drive straight driving it's weird yeah straight drive <laughs> man y'all got a straight driving that trip well no okay okay <laughs> you know just just different terminology you do a pretty uh, good accent this? i got i gotta right. i gotta say <laughs> i'm gonna tell you this story so today and this is totally off topic. And I mean, I'm terrible for rabbit trail and I think it's one too many wallops upside the head, but literally. So today I forget we were, we were talking about sled. So down here, they call a toque, a toboggan. And I'm like, a toboggan is something you get on and ride down the hill. Right. So anyway, we got talking about, uh, you know, I supposed to snow on Friday while everybody, you know, we're going to go sledding down the hill on, on Friday. And I was like, okay. You know, and I got talking about, you know, back in the day we used to get on the skidoo and, and it didn't, I mean, when I grew up, it didn't matter if you had Arctic cat, Polaris, you know, whatever, everything was a skidoo, right? We That's had a correct. That is correct. Whatever. It was John, whatever. So me, I'm like, yeah, you know, I said back, back home, uh, you know, we used to pull a couple twos behind the, behind the, uh, the skidoo and my old captain, he's like, whoa, whoa, stop right there. He's like, what's a skidoo? I said, well, skidoo is like a sled, you know. And he's then, of course, he's like, well, when you were riding on the, on the toboggan, did you have your toque and your skidoo suit on? And I mean, it was just kind of like just the terminology. Was just, so I had my toque, my, my, uh, I had my toque, my skidoo suit uh, with my mucklucks on riding the toboggan. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, their mind is just blown, right? Have you have you hit him? Have you hit him with bunny hug yet? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I think that's just—it's just a Saskatchewan thing. Like uh, it's—it's a small part of Saskatchewan, I think. Yeah, I—I I, I guess. Like, I, mean, 
I don't even, I got to be honest. I don't even fully understand it. I'm defensive yeah. of the word. Like I, I will defend that word to the cows come home. But at the end of the yeah, day, I, I, I don't know where it came from. I really, uh, I have no idea. But I mean, growing up, it was a bunny hug. I, I don't know if it's West Central Saskatchewan. Like, well, I mean, you're kind of on the tip of that too. But it's just, I don't know. I, I mean, it was always a bunny hug. Like, and up until I started coming down here, it was a hoodie. And I was like, well, uh, you know, what's a hoodie? Oh, that's a toboggan. Or not a toboggan, <laughs> a bunny hug. And they're like, oh my gosh, where did you come from? And the, <laughs> but anyway. What? what? <laughs> For another Saskatchewan terminology that no kid probably will ever ever know anymore. Did you play Tom Thumb? No, I never did. Never played Tom Thumb? Uh-uh. That was, well, I don't know, initiation? What do they call first year of hockey now? Uh, participation ribbons? Ooh, yeah, that's pretty much right. Spe- speaking of uh, getting some, uh, some awards, did you watch uh, Canada last night? No, I never did. We don't get it down here. But I no, what happened? I, I haven't even heard. Like we get zero hockey, and I'll be honest with you, I've I've just kind of just taken myself. Let me rephrase this, okay? Uh, the whole I just got a sour taste in my mouth for sports in general. Really? Play the damn sport. Shut your mouth, and leave the politics and all the crap outside. That's my take on it. Period. End of story. But anyway. I still root for my country, but I hate to say I missed the game last night. I tell you what, I might argue with a little bit on that. Yeah, that's fair. But as as time goes on, I just want sports back, man. Like I just, I, I just want them to come back and play. Like I can't take any more political talk. Like well, it, well, that's it's just, just, it. it's just rammed can. down our throat. I like, just just play some hockey. Let's have some fun. Yeah, play. I mean, literally, like you know. Well, really, when it comes down to it, it's just like, you know, I grew up playing a sport I loved, hockey. And, you know, unfortunately, that purity got taken out of the game for me. Like, I, you know, in a sense that – so I kind of got – yeah, not, not necessarily a bitter taste, but it just was like, you know. But now I kind of stepped away from it for a while. And I just, and I mean, like I said, hockey has given me an opportunity to see my biggest take from hockey, honestly, is I got to achieve my dream of, of playing the NHL and then obviously playing with the team I grew up cheering for. I mean, that's any boy, little boy's dream. Meeting all those guys that, that, you know, I watched growing up, that was a huge thing. Like I met everybody, actually, I didn't meet uh, Gretz, but you know, Mark Messier sitting there talking to me like for shoot 15 minutes. I'm like, this guy, he comes up to me and he's like, Hey Mac, how's it going? And I'm like, who are you talking to? You know, like, I mean, it was just me and Mark, me and Marty McSorley, you know, <laughs> like we, I mean, he'd see me. And I mean, of course I'd see him. I mean, we, we just rush out to, you know, just, just I mean, he's like talking to, you know, your best buddy in the world. You know, sit there and talk hockey or talk farming or whatever. I mean, he's just a cool guy. Talks. And, you know, really, really friendly. Mom and dad got to meet him and just thought the world of him. Um, you know, all, all those guys growing up, you get to watch them. So, I mean, that was my – that was my – bit, and then obviously going to Pittsburgh and Florida, like Pittsburgh, and Mario Lemieux talking to him, you know. I mean, that was one of the coolest things I ever experienced in my life is talking to this, like, 
I was like a little kid. I mean, not that I was starstruck, but it was like Mario Lemieux is taking the time to talk to me. I'm just a peon that he pays for, you know. But it was it was cool like that. But like I said, my biggest take from hockey is is <clears throat> I never I don't think I ever changed who I was. Like, you know, when you talk about small town, you know, small town Saskatchewan. You go back to your small town and it's still Steve McIntyre. And they'll, it's, you know, it don't, they'll, people still bust you down to size. You know, you're still that little runt that, you know what I mean? And, and for me, that was my biggest take is I got to meet all these people and walk into different places and, and, you know, genuinely be excited to, to meet somebody or to talk to them or, you know, that's me. Like I, I, I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy, you know, visiting, um, you know, a lot of my dad, like growing up, you know, we go to church and, and my mom, you know, after church service, my mom would be like, can you please go get your dad? I mean, he'd be in there talking stories for, you know, half an hour for we're ready to go for lunch or, you know, ready to go back to the farm or whatever. And dad, I got to literally drag him out because he's, you know, so, I mean, and, and that's the other thing too, is, is not only did I get to experience it a dream, but I, I have my friends and my family, you know, I got to, they got to experience it. And that was, that was probably the coolest thing, you know? Yeah. The hockey, you know, that's, that's great, whatever. But the experience of, of, you know, obviously when you play in Edmonton or any Canadian city, I mean, you're held to a, you're held on a pedestal. And for me, uh, you know, wherever I went, it was always like, uh, I was, I was so proud to wear that other jersey. Like, you know, it was just, and I mean, yeah, we didn't, we sucked. You know, at that time, you know, it was a growing pain, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but, you know, to, to – I shouldn't say sucked. We, we, we just didn't – we weren't – Steve, we didn't have that I'm a little, fan. You, know I mean? you, yeah. you, were in a, you were in a rough spot of the Oilers. It's all right. Yeah. I would. It, do, it still like doesn't there. take away from the fact uh, – what's cool about what you say is, I, you know, I, I've had a lot of guys come on here, and some of them still remember what you talk about. Others are like – yeah, 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 I met, you know, whoever. It doesn't matter. And yeah. they're like, yeah, it's yeah. no big deal. What's cool about what you're talking about is it is a big deal, right? Like, it's it's yeah. cool. To wear an Oilers jersey should be a big freaking deal. It, it, and that's the thing that I would, every day that I got to go out and represent the Oilers was like, you know, I thought, man, this is the greatest thing in the world. Like, I'll never forget the very first time I ever put, so I got put on waivers uh, by Florida Edmonton picked me up. And we ended up in playing in Calgary. And of course, I mean, my eyeballs are like the battle of Alberta. Like this is going to be a bloodbath. Somebody's going to die. Like, <laughs> you know, I remember the old days where it was like, you know, I don't know if you want, I mean, remembering like back in the day, it was like in the playoffs, it was Winnipeg, Edmonton, Edmonton, Calgary, you know, and it was just a freaking war. And I mean, I was a huge Oilers fan and my dad and my uncles, they were always like cheering against for Calgary, which I mean, and then Winnipeg, my one uncle, he was like, Oh yeah, the, the Jets are going to beat up on the others. And I would get so mad. I would just be like, I, I never took hockey so seriously, so serious in my entire life as those playoff series between the flames or with the Jets. And, uh, I mean, even to this day, I'm still getting fired up about it. The, the audacity that they had to, to go against my Oilers. Like I just, you know, and it was, they do that. And of course, you know, now that I'm older, I can, I can understand where they're coming from because they're just sitting there just kind of, you know, stirring, the, stirring, pot. The, pot. Just stirring oh, yeah. the pot. I get, And I get so worked up about it, but I mean, <clears throat> the first game I got to play against Evan or uh, the Oilers or 
for the Oilers against the Flames. Well, I'm putting this jersey on, and I think I was, like, one of the last guys to leave the dressing room. And I mean, I'm just, like, I'm putting it over my chest, and I think it was right before we went for a warm-up or something like that, and Ethan Morrow was sitting in the, you know, a couple down, a couple of stalls down from me, and I had a kind of tear rolling down my eye, and I was like, you know, I said, I'd have never thought that I'd ever be, you know, doing what I'm doing right now. Like, it just never occurred to me. And I don't mean that I – maybe necessarily didn't have what it took, but the opportunity to, to live a little boy's dream. Like I got to like that, that was my dream is to play not only. And I mean, I was just, you know, I was, we were still in training camp. It was just an exhibition, but it was, it wasn't just an exhibition. Like a lot of guys, Oh, it's just exhibition. It's just exhibition. It's like, even if it's exhibition, like you still, you know, get to put the Jersey on and, and experience the fans and the, you know, the, the electricity and, you know, and then obviously go out there and, you know, cause a little bit of a, you know, be a little thorn in somebody's side or stick up for your teammates. Obviously, you know, that's good too, but, you know, to get your name on the goal sheet or whatever, that was always, you know, my goal, but, uh, uh, but, but I mean, it was just, it was a dream come true. And then, you know, to, to be able to be a part of, for Edmonton to accept me as a part of their community, uh, you know, that was obviously huge. Like, even to this day, like, you know, people come up to me, like I was in Edmonton uh, last Christmas, uh, <clears throat> a year ago, and people, you know, they just, I haven't been home to Edmonton, and I mean, <laughs> I call Edmonton home because I, you know, I loved Edmonton and uh, people still, Oh, Hey Mac, how's it going? I mean, they just, they just, you know, they just were so welcoming and uh, you know, you'd walk into different uh, dealerships. Like I, I got to be really good friends with uh, Jay at cycle works and they were so good to me and my, my family, the way they treated us and, and uh Mike Barber there, at, uh, he was at Team Ford. I, I'm not sure who he's with now, but uh, I walked into his office and I didn't know the man from Hole in the Ground. And I bought a truck the, the summer before. And this is, like I said, a story. But I mean, just, you know, kind of plugging the characters all together. I walked into the, the office and I said, you know, I'd like to talk to, to the general manager. So they escorted me over to, to Mike and I introduced myself and we exchanged pleasantries. And I said, uh, Mr. Barber, I said, uh, you know, I, I want to drive a Ford truck. I said, I want to represent team Ford or, 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 uh, you know, I want to drive a Ford truck. And I mean, and I, and I told him, I said, I'm already driving a Ford truck. I said, but I want to get in on this deal that, you know, the rest of these boys got, this is a pretty slick deal. They get to drive demo trucks and beautiful, you know, come in and do all this stuff. I said, I want to be a part of that. I, I really, I, I, I'd like to do that. And of course, you know, I'm sure you probably know how it all works with agents and players and, you know, different deals. And I don't even, I didn't know nothing. You know, I didn't know how it all worked. I just went in there and introduced myself and not, I didn't put my hat in my hand, but I said, you know what, how do I would like to, to, to figure out how to do, what have I, what have I got to do? You know? And, and he looked at me and <clears throat> uh, he just, he was kind of surprised. I think that, you know, that I was maybe the way I was, maybe I was so forthcoming but at the same time, I think he took it as like, man, this guy's a pretty real guy. And just like the rest of us, 
which I am. And, you know, he really, and I mean, I struck up that relationship with him and, and, and like I said, Jay at Cycle Works, uh, and man, it, it was, it's, it was so good after that. You know, he, he calls me, he said, you know what, Steve, we don't have anything right now. He said, but I really appreciate, I'll never forget this conversation. He really, like he told me, he said, I really appreciate you coming in and introducing yourself and being uh, bold and, and coming in and, and saying, Hey, you know, I want to represent a brand. And uh, so he said, he told me, he said, right now we don't have anything. He said, but if we get anything, you know, we'll let you know. And I told him, I was like, frick, I'll drive a Ford Festiva. I don't care. I mean, I, I don't care. <clears throat> so anyway, he called me about a week later. And he asked me, say, hey, Mac, what are you doing? I said, well, actually, as a matter of fact, my buddy Ryan uh, Kohler, <clears throat> we're actually moose hunting right now. I think it was me, Ryan, and Louis DeBrusque. And, uh, and there's another, like, there's two other guys that are just phenomenal people, like Ryan Kohler and, and Louis DeBrusque, two of my very good best friends. And, uh, you know, when I, when I was in Edmonton there and, and, uh, he calls me up and said, Hey, you know, we got a, we got something for you. Come by. He said, but you got to make me one promise. He said, you can't go moose hunting, take a moose hunting with you. I was like, that's a deal. I could do that. So anyway, I go in there the next day or whatever after practice. And he, he takes me down the lot. He said, well, what do you want to drive? And I said, I don't care. I said, I'll drive whatever you want me to drive. I, I mean, I don't, I don't care. And I said, man, that's a sharp looking red truck. He had a, a red f-150 or whatever it was lifted had nice wheels i mean it was sharp i said man that's a beautiful truck i said that's that's and i mean you know not thinking much of it he said you want to drive that one i was like uh, he's like well you know what he said that'll actually work out good he said that's my uh i want to say that's my sales manager's truck he just built it he's getting out of it he wants to build another one. so anyway i ended up getting a truck out of the deal to drive and i mean it was just the most but i mean you know going back to my upbringing that's how that's how I was, you know, raised is, you know, you always treat people with respect and you always make sure that you go the extra mile and, and do, uh, you know, treat people how you want to be treated. And like I said, you know, Edmonton, especially, you know, and not saying just Edmonton, but all the cities, but I mean, obviously Edmonton is the closest to my heart because like I said, I can go down the street and talk to somebody and, and, you know, we'll strike up a conversation with, you know, about whatever. But, uh, well, like I said, that was, that was some of the, the cool uh, things that I got to do and, and uh, be a part of in the community of Edmonton. And, and like I said, when I met Jay at cycle works there, man, I went in there and obviously uh, my dad, you know, there's, like I said, you, you know what it's like growing up on the farm. There's always, there's ever any extra money around. There's always, it'll get spent somewhere and it might not be, you know, maybe allocated over here for something. And then it's like, Oh crap, you know, we broke something. We got to take that and move it over here. Well, that's kind of how it was with dad and mom. And like I said, not saying that we ever did without by any means, because we never did. They always found a way. And, uh, but dad, you know, he never really ever, he always wanted, he was looking at four wheeler for like, I don't know, a year, two years, whatever. And he's just, you know, my dad and I are a lot of like, you know, we kind of sit there and hum and haw and, you know, he wasn't sure what he wanted. And then he, when he figured out what he wanted, it was like, gosh, dang, you know, I got this, this, and this to pay off. And, you know, just like I said, normal everyday farmer rancher stuff that just comes ahead of stuff so anyway i walked into jay i got my first paycheck from the nhl or from the others and i just about fell over but one of the very first checks i got i said you know i said dad and this is when i was younger i'm going to preface this with this but i told my dad when i was younger i said dad if i ever make the nhl i'm going to buy you a brand new john deere tractor front wheel assist grapple forks you know 
and I know you know what I'm talking about. And if anybody doesn't know what I mean, we're talking a lot of money, right? And I have no idea how much this stuff costs when I'm that age, but I'm talking a big story because, you know, we were doing stuff with the old case and not taking away from the old case, but you know, anyway, so, you know, I'm thinking, uh, you know, I got to do something for dad. Like he, you know, mom and dad have drove me up and, and I mean, I'll never ever be able to repay them by any means, but I walked into Jay's deal and I said, Jay, this is what I want. Fix me up. And, uh, that was probably, that was the coolest thing. Uh, and like I said, I'm not bragging by any means, but, uh, I got to get my dad, a mom and dad, a four wheeler for Christmas. And, you know, it was, and of course I made sure that it had the biggest mud tires and, you know, way overkill at the time, but, uh, you know, had all the bells and whistles, and it was a, I think it was like a Browning Hunter edition or something like that. Ugh! Got something in my eye there. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, you know, hand warmers, you know, everything on it. And I thought, I told Jay, I was like, Jay, I said, I want everything on it. Don't, you know, and he showed me this package. I said, that's perfect. Put these tires on it. You know, that'd be great. Well, anyway, that struck up that that relationship and and jay and the guys at cycle were so, were so good to me i mean they after i introduced them to my dad and you know he came in and i forget what you know but i always but they they said steve you know what whatever if you ever need something if you want a machine or whatever just let us know and i mean i'm kind of like ah, you know whatever well i'm telling you they delivered a four-wheeler to my house and they're like hey you know what take it use it you know don't abuse it don't kill it whatever but you need it there you go i'm like and of course i'm just beside myself because i think this is the greatest thing in the world and then of course we had a big snow and they're like hey you want to sled i'm like you know what the kids have never been sledding so i was like they're skidooing so of course i get a big sled and tra- i mean trailer i mean they were so good to me the trailer tra- uh trailer sled four-wheeler i mean it, it, honestly and truly I'll never forget that ever. As long as I live the generosity of the, you know, people like, like Jay and the guys at PsychWorks and Mike and the guys at team Ford when I was at them, you know, I'll never forget that. And, you know, it's just, and then to be able to bring my family and, and my friends and experience all the things that like that. And then, you know, and that's just, that's away from hockey, but to experience, uh, you know, the things I got to experience with hockey, heck when we were at Rexall, or a North Lawrence, whatever you want to call it. My dad, he'd come down with me and, and uh, you know, I, if he was in town, I'd bring him with me. And he knew every security guard's name or pardon me, he, the security guard's names knew who Steve's dad was. And it was always Mr. McIntyre. And my dad's like, Whoa, it's Ross. I'm not, I'm not Mr. McIntyre. I'm, it's Ross. But I mean, dad, I mean, pretty near, it was kind of funny because, Dad knew the head security, and I made sure everybody knew who he was. I introduced him to everybody. But every time we went down there, everybody said – I said hello to everybody. My dad was the same way. And and literally, we got the – the like, Dad pretty much had the run of the building. And, I mean, what dad can say that? Like, especially, you know, I mean, it was just, it was just kind of one of them things. And, and, I mean, he'll tell you stories. Like, when I'm playing, you know, I forget. There was one new security guard that didn't know who he was or something like that. And, 
oh, no, 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 that's misdirect there. And, I, you know, this is the head guy saying, while the security guy was going to, you know, grab him or whatever, and the, the head guy was Mike, uh, you know, he's like, oh, no, that's Mr. McIntyre. I mean, it was just – and, of course, Dad, he's just giggling because he's just going where he's – you know, he's always going, right? <clears throat> but – or he's in there breaking up, you know. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to brag on my dad a little bit. My poor mom, God bless her. <laughs> she <laughs> – uh, so I've been on, I think, two or three father's trips. And my mom, she'd get so ill. She'd be like, gosh, dang, you know. And I mean, she she never cussed by any means, so I'm rephrase that. But she's like, uh, she, she'd get so bad out of shape because dad always got to go on these trips. And she had to stay home feed cows. And she's like, well, I can't believe this is crap. Blah, 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 blah. Well, anyway, my dad, like I said, my dad and I are, are my dad's small town country boy. And uh, we were down, we were with Pittsburgh and we flew down. We were in Dallas, I think, or not Dallas. We made the West Coast swing, I think, was it first or second? That might have been the second trip. I think actually that was the second trip. The first trip was out in, uh, first trip was Oilers when we were out, out West, Anaheim, which is another story. But <clears throat> anyway, we're down in Florida. My dad, well, this, I'm gonna, there's two stories now that I think of it. I, I need to actually write all these down. We're at, well, I'll, I'll preface this with this, okay? I was in Florida with the Panthers. I met Bobby Orr. Bobby Orr was Nathan Horton's uh, agent. I walked into the training room, Bobby Orr sitting on the couch, and I mean, I'm doing a double take. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I walked out. I was like, Frosty, that's Bobby Orr. He's like, yeah. I was like, that's so cool. Of course, you know, whatever. Well, I'd known Bobby for, you know, a couple of years and whatever. And I, and I mean, you know, we always, he always said hi and we always exchanged pleasantries and whatever. Well, I got it. My dad assigned stick. I said, you know, Mr. Orr, would you sign this for my dad? He just, you know, that you're his idol ever since he, my dad was a Bruins fan. So anyway, he's absolutely no problem. So I sent up, give it to him, send him a stick, whatever. Anyway. Fast forward a couple years uh, later, I'm with Pittsburgh. Uh, we do the father's trip. I ended up not playing. I dressed, you know, took the warm up, went out there, stretched, you know, sniped a couple genos and uh, and warm up and and uh, had the sweet flow I think going to and uh, <laughs> you know had workout. Came up to the to the uh, to the the box where the dads work. Well, uh, I want to say Eddie Johnson was there. Uh, there's a couple other guys and then Bobby Orr was there. Well, I'd seen, as soon as I walked in the door, Bobby's right there. So I go over, you know, he's talking, whatever. I said, Hey Bobby, how's it going? He said, Hey Steve, how's it? I said, and of course my dad's sitting over in the corner and he's sitting there drinking his Sprite. Like that's Bobby Orr. And of course my dad doesn't get starstruck, right? Never, ever. I mean, he'll talk to anybody. Well, my dad's over there drinking his Sprite or seven up or whatever. And he's sitting there drinking. And, and of course I'm talking to Bobby Orr. I go over to dad. I said, Hey dad, you know, what do you think? And he's like, Oh, you know, that's pretty cool. And, uh, I was like, I said, uh, uh, you know, how would you like to meet Bobby Orr? And he's like, he just was like, you know, you could tell he kind of got a little bit nervous, right? Like I said, my dad doesn't get nervous. I mean, he's got, he's like a duck, you know, calling surfs and paddling like hell in the water. So I could tell this. So I introduced him and, and of course my dad, 
you know, he, he's talking to Bobby and he's just, and I just kind of backed off and just kind of, you know, went and did my thing and just kind of, I think I took a picture and sent it to my mom or whatever. Anyway, they talked for 15, 20 minutes or whatever. And I said, well, what do you think? Oh, a real nice guy. You know, and I said, well, you know, he's, I, you know, anyway, Bobby comes over. This is a kind of cool guy. Like you hear stories about people, but I mean, he was, he's such, he was so genuine for, with me and my dad. And he comes over to me and he says, Hey Steve, what's your address? You know, what's your dad's address? And I said, well, you know, I gave him the address back home. And he said, I'll get you something. About a week or two later, there's a, there's a post or a, a picture to Ross, your friend, Bobby, Orr, when he's flying through, through the air. And I mean, you know, something like that, means meant so much to my dad like he did he of course he calls me up right away and he's like oh guess what guess what i just got anyway so now fast forward to after the game i think it was either after the game or the next day we had a day off in between i think we were playing we were in florida or we were in tampa i couldn't remember i think we ended up tampa the next day we had a day off we practiced we skated um we had a dinner on a boat you know tour the harbor whatever well, we went to the Blue Martini. Now, it's freezing cold back home in Canada while my mom's feeding cows. Bless her heart. I can't leave her out. She's a trooper. I love her to death. You know, she's my best friend in the world. Uh, but she's bent. her nose is bent out of shape because we're down in Florida, you know, and she's at home in the cold. What's wrong with this picture, right? And she's cussing the penguins or the oilers or whoever, you know, at the time – you know, because dad gets to go on these trips. This is dad's trip. But anyway, I think there might have been a, a mom's trip after that because I think come, some of the moms, they got pissed off and voiced their opinions. But anyway, that's for another story. I didn't stick along, I didn't stick around long enough to go on the mom's trip. Sorry, mom. <laughs> but anyway, <clears throat> so anyway, uh, we get in there. And of course, you know, we've got some high profile players with Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, it's just different. You, you handle them different and they're just you, not handling different, but I mean, it's just, you have to, I mean, I was very watchful. You know, I always made sure that I was not on guard, but I was always watching people because I didn't trust anybody, but anyway, and I get it. And the funny thing is you'll, you'll get where I'm going here in a minute. Well, anyway, we go to this, I think it was called the blue martini or whatever in Tampa. And they escorted us out to this, uh, outside i kind of had it roped off or whatever and it was kind of like a keyhole the way it was you know in the like sid and the guys his dad and and gino and you know his kind of whatever people and then you know all the all the dads were there and the players whatever me and my dad were at the front and you know which is fine whatever and of course the whole time we're we're you know carousing having fun and just telling stories and bsing and just people watching i'm a big people watcher me and my dad big people watchers and uh, so anyway, I said, Dad, you know, just kind of keep an eye on things. I'm going to go to the bathroom. Unbeknownst to me, I come back. Dad's got this guy and this girl and the bouncers. And I'm like, what's going on? He's got this guy by the scruff of the, like, got him by the scruff of the collar up against the glass or the door. And he looks at the bouncer. He looks, I said, Dad, what's going on? He looks at me and he looks at the bouncer. He's like, these guys got to get, these guys got to leave now. And, of course, I looked at Bouncer. I was like, you better get your asses out of here. I said, because it's not good. When Dad gets wound up, it ain't good. I don't care who it is. Because then I get torqued up, and we'll clear this place out. And, anyway, so, of course, after this happens, I mean, you know, I was 
man, I had my chest puffed out like my dad. I mean, and of course what happened was these guys were being idiots and, and kind of causing a scene and, you know, doing some stuff they shouldn't have probably been doing. And dad just pretty much straightened them out quick, fast, and in a hurry. I mean, cowboy style. And, uh, you know, of course, <laughs> it was just kind of one of them deals where, you know, you can appreciate your roots that much more and you can kind of understand, you know, why you're wired the way you are, I guess. And, and like I said, when I see my dad do that, I'm like, all right, I, I kind of like, I kind of like this now. I mean, you know, if, if it goes south, we're going to be okay, guys. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, needless to say, mom, dad got home. We told her stories and mom didn't think they were, they were that funny. She's like, I'm out here feeding cows and 40 below. You guys are jack, you know, jack legging around down in Florida. Yes, mom. Pretty much. Yes. (laughs) But I think he got her, like, I think he got her something nice, you know, a purse or all. And so this is a funny story. And then I'll I'll quit telling stories. But uh, another father's trip, I think this was Edmonton. So we're in Edmonton. We're on the father's trip. We're in Anaheim. So we're in Anaheim. We're in Orange County. You know, the big fancy smancy hotels and malls and I mean, walk into this place and I mean it's just everything you can think of, right? So dad, so my mom's favorite color is green. So she's always got a green purse or you know, whatever. She's always got something green on. So anyway, dad's like, you know what, Steve? We need to go find mom a purse or something. I'm thinking, okay, sure. I mean, they got the Louis Vuitton, the Gucci, the Prada, the, you know, the name goes, you know, the Tiffany company, the hell, I don't even know. But anyway, we got, walk into the store while well, we're walking by it and dad looks and there's this green alligator purse, alligator, you know, no big deal, whatever, us idiots, we got our cowboy boots and wranglers on, we walk into this place and, you know, I don't really think much of it. And uh, so I get to looking at it and the lady's like, would you guys, excuse me, would you guys, do you guys need a gentleman need any help? And we're like, yeah, you know, we're, we're thinking about buying a purse for my, my mom or my wife. And, and I'm just kind of sitting there giggling and uh, there's, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm thinking, why doesn't this person have a price tag on it? And of course, you know, it's got a chain on it or not a chain, but like a cable or whatever. And I'm thinking, hmm, okay, well, there's no price tag on it. There's no, and it's, it's got a chain on it. There's something, this is not good. So anyway, dad's like, yeah, you know, he holds his purse up and it's green. It's pretty nice. And he said, yeah, ma'am, uh, we'd like to know how much this purse is. So, and when I say this, when, when she's like, uh, you know, she went back to the room. She's like, I'll go back to the room and, and find out how much it is, whatever. She comes back. And, and when I say, uh, <clears throat> I, I'm not kidding you when I say this. She said, yes, sir, that's $25,000. Both of us were like, Okay, see you later. Thanks for coming. We took a picture of it and sent it home to mom. But I mean, you know, it's just like, you know, two country bumpkins, you know, literally just like turn up truck. And we're we're in this big fancy schmancy. We're like, we're sitting there the whole rest of the day. We're like, good God, like, you know, kind of started cluing into this is not your regular uh mall like your typical mall like people drop we like, we might you know, be yeah. out of place we might be a little yeah. out of place uh definitely so everybody's kind of looking at us i mean he's six four i'm six five walking around cowboy boots on you know kind of eyeballing these different people out you know kind of like you know they're a different breed out there but 
I mean, it's just, like I said, it just goes back to some of the experiences that, that, uh, you know, we experienced. And, and I mean, my buddy's got to experience it too. And I'll tell you this quick story. Like, you know, we're always asked for autographs and it's fine. Like I love, I'll stop and sign, especially kids. I'll, I'll do anything. And then you've got some ones that are kind of a little bit, okay. Like you've had my autograph however many different times and obviously you know what they're doing. And by no means do I, uh, sound conceited or anything like this but i had a truckload of my buddies <laughs> this is terrible but they're uh i don't think they caught it but i was driving so i drove and then there's just something you know an oiler thing or whatever i can't remember what it was and i shouldn't even be saying this but i mean i literally passed it around the truck and they didn't know any different, but I mean, guys were, you know, signing their names or, you know, from minor hockey, like Rosetown Red Wings, number 19, you know, Mike Clayton or, you know, Jason Petrie, number 16, Kenneth Clippers, you know, <laughs> I mean, we were just, you know, I, I mean, like I said, it's just kind of, but I mean, they got to experience it too. And I mean, you know, it was just such a fun deal like you know anytime they were in town anytime we'd win you know and have all the guys in the room and you know be cracking a couple cold ones you know in the in the in the, in the lounge and introducing the guy well shoot heck uh it, i got to meet all the trailer park boys uh ricky bubbles and julian uh they came <laughs> in the room and of course they found out i was a big fan well all of us were big fans all of us are big we fans yeah we got to meet them and and uh you know that was that was pretty cool uh you got to You got to You got to Then so as a, a guy growing up, watching the Oilers, and now in the new building they don't have it. It kills me. But the oil, Derek, when it came down and you got to skate through, was that a big deal? Like as a fan, as a kid watching that, like that was a big deal to me. Uh yeah, all of that. Like I'll never forget walking through the, you know the, the the tunnel or not the tunnel, but like the dressing room. You walk through the fans and. You know, some of them be like, "You suck! You guys are terrible!" You know, whatever. I mean, you got to put up with that too. I mean, them Flames fans, but anyway. Uh, but uh, you know, doing that and then and then skating through the Derrick. I mean, it was just. I mean, it doesn't. I feel you know when you get that flame on the back of your neck and you feel that heat. It's like, hmm, all right, I'm here. And that was the first. That was one of the coolest things about. You know, I mean, I've only been to Rogers Place once, or and, but. The very first time, the very I want to say our home opener, the very the first year I was there was against uh, Colorado, and I think Ryan Smith was still in Colorado. Was I think he was still there? But anyway, uh, the electricity of the building when I walked through the security entrance in the back, after the down the ramp through the security entrance, you could feel the electricity in the like it was something that I've never ever felt in my entire life. Like it was something like, you know, uh, it was, it was something special about that place. Yeah. You know, it was old and whatever, but it just had character and it was just, I loved it. Like I, you know, I, I'm a, when I first started kind of coming up, it was all about the new rinks, new buildings, whatever. But as I got older, it was like, you know, a guy knows, a guy sees everything, you know, all the bowels of the Rexall Coliseum, like that, if, if if the walls could talk, you know what I mean, you know what would they say? And and just I don't know. It just had 
that character that feel yeah character like you know going into a i used to hate going into prince albert when i was in blades with the sassoon blades or you know i used to hate it because every time we'd go to pa it was cold and miserable and you know there's always and but then i went and played there and i'm like i love it i mean it's an old barn and you know, it's got character. And that was kind of when I figured out that, you know, what that meant. And it, like I said, now these new buildings, they don't have that character. They don't have that, you know, that, uh, I don't know, the smell. I mean, you know, I don't know. It's just, it was just different. But that was something that was cool about Rexall. It was the Derek and the doors. And and uh, I got a picture of me and my little guy walking through the doors for the, I want to say it was for the skills competition. And one of my best friends she took the picture and if i can ever figure out how to blow it up and, and take the red eye out it was kind of it was a it was a phone and it was before they you know became decent quality uh she took that picture of me and my little guy and he's looking up at me and i'm looking down at him i got his hand in his hand and i was like man if i could ever figure out how to blow that picture up i, I would in a heartbeat but uh you know it's just i'll never well, somebody that. somebody somebody listening knows how to do that steve uh, that that is that that can't be that difficult. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not tech savvy. Like even right now, like talking on this phone, it's just like uh, you had to bear with me there for a minute. <laughs> you know, talking about PA, uh, that was, geez, uh, with COVID going on, my years are getting all mucked up right now. But uh, the 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 crates, the the standing on the milk crates. Did you get to experience that then playing there? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh or yeah, the- behind the bench. But up in the stands where they had all the yeah. milk crates around the top and people racing ah. to get like I had the play by play guy on the podcast and he talked about it that it's just like kind of almost surreal to see people racing to get to their spots and have and have a milk crate to stand on. I'll do you one better. Like obviously, I I, I don't remember. It could have been when I was there, but I, I honestly don't remember. But uh, when I left uh, Prince Albert, I went to OCN. And you yeah, the blizzard. Cool. You want to talk about fun? That was probably the most fun I've ever had playing hockey. I mean, it was uh, the fans and the and the the uh, for a barn that I think it held like fifteen hundred tops. I mean, there's little literally people hanging off the rafters it was not i mean but i mean the way they like now that i'm a fireman or well claim to be a fireman uh the code violations i don't even know how they you know got by at that particular time but sorry i'm just cleaning up my water mess but i mean it was just my one my billet family uh dad he was uh as soon as we come out of the door he was he was right above me and uh he was like right there and that was, I mean, that place was absolutely amazing to to be a part of and, and play there and talk about electricity. I mean, oh. well, you got that to play good. there. You would have played with the tutus, yeah. I got to play with uh, Terrence. Yep, with Terrence. That's right. I've had uh, Jordan on the podcast a while yep. back, uh, and he what a what a hell of a hockey player he was. But oh. he 
when I got looking into it, I'd read about OCN. Well, I mean, and I'd heard the stories, but I played out in Ontario. And so I heard the stories of OCN. I actually played with guys who played against or with OCN. Uh, And I've heard the stories of about how wild it could get there. It was, I mean, if you could think it, it happened. Like, and then Flint Flon was just up the road. And I mean, Flint Flon and, and OCN were like, you know, uh, uh, not a rival because Flynn Flon was in the in the SJHL. Yeah, but uh, it was kind of a little bit of a rivalry. But I mean, I went up to uh, up to Flynn Flon to watch a game, and and I mean, <laughs> moose leg out there. I forget what else they'd toss out there. You know, uh, uh, a Mariah, you know, fish or whatever. And uh, it was just it was it was something else. Well, I have got but the play. Natives- the thing about it, the, the both of them, and you know, growing up, uh, and like I said, I'm not, I had so, I didn't know, <clears throat> uh, the natives. I didn't, you know, you, you, I mean, growing up in Saskatchewan, where I grew up, I mean, you'd see the natives that were in Saskatoon, and you kind of, you know, the way you kind of looked at them was just like, you know, but when I got to go up there and and, and spend time with with the, you know, Pasquia Cree Nation. OCN Blizzard. I got, they were some of the best people, proud, stubborn, stoic, but they would do anything for you. If they, if you were accepted, like if they accepted you into their world, it was just like, man, this is cool. Like they were so good to us that, you know, we, uh, I had so much fun up there, uh, on the reserve and, and, you know, a lot of people don't understand it. Uh, you know the way but i mean it was just when you got up there and, and they cheered and they i mean they would do anything for you they take us fishing you know they, they they were so good to us and like i said i had probably i, I mean i'm gonna say it, I, I had probably the best billet i've ever had in my life next to i mean dolly and larry kellett and prince albert were you know obviously dolly and kelly or dolly and larry in prince albert and then i had uh Aloff and rosemary in in, in in uh ocn in the paw there and they were two of the best i was very fortunate with billet families i had some of the best billet families that i've ever been part and those two were uh were amazing but a lot of fun not a lot of stories you drank a lot of rum but uh my uh my billet he uh he didn't i shouldn't say we had a lot of rum but he he uh i'll never forget some we i get home from you know, hockey, you know, I'd be all busted up or something like that. He said, well, sonny boy, you want to, you want to run? I was like, yeah, you know what, Aloff, I might have to have one. <laughs> so he'd be like, <laughs> you know, I gotta, I gotta ask, uh, I think I, I listened to a couple of your interviews on different podcasts. And I think yeah. one of the things that stuck out to me was um, 17 teams and nine leagues over your career. Does that sound oh, wow. roughly correct? Could be. <laughs> and I was like, man, that's, you know, I think yeah. as hockey players, you want to, you want to play for a team and you want, you want to sink into the culture and yeah. be there for 20 years. Right. You want to yeah. be Stevie. Oh, Watch, right. That's, yeah. that's what you want. Absolutely. But like your career <clears throat> is one of like, man, you were all over the place, up, down, lane, sideways. Major moved, I want to say, I moved nine times in three years. Did you ever go, eh, maybe this 
just isn't it? Like, I, I know it's, 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 uh, when you, when you finally make the big time at 28, which is, as we know, late to make the NHL. Yeah. Yeah. When you finally make it, it's easy to go, wow, it was all worth it. But up until that point, were you having fun or were you going like, what the hell am I doing? A lot of what the hell am I doing? Like even, you know, that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. It's like, you know, I sacrificed, um, I sacrificed a lot of my, my family time. Um, you know, my, uh, that's the side that nobody really, you know, that's the dark side that nobody really talks about. You know, don't get me wrong. You know, I know there's different instances, you know, throughout a guy's life, but you know, that's, that's the stuff that doesn't really get talked about is the sacrifice. And, and like I said, don't get me wrong. There's everybody's makes sacrifices, but you know, as, as an older guy making the NHL, there was definitely times where it's like, what the hell am I doing? Like, why am I here? I'm sacrificing everything. You know, I barely get to see my kids, you know, uh, you know, a lot of things, the wheel kind of started coming off and, and looking back, you know, I think I maybe, you know, I talked about a dark time where I kind of had enough of hockey. I blamed a lot of things on hockey and I had to take a time out from hockey. And over the course of that career, I looked and, and it's like, you know, I got to the, and I mean, you're getting, you're getting raw. You know, I looked at when I got to the top of the game, the NHL, you know, I got, I, I didn't really get to soak it all in because it was such a whirlwind, but when I look back at it, it's like, you know, was it worth it? And I mean, everybody, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and there's a lot of things that I missed my brother's graduation for, a, you know, a, a, a top prospects camp. No, looking back, you know, I'll never get that opportunity to, to go to my brother's graduation again. And that that's bothered me probably more than anything. And I mean, I've had to deal with it and get on with it, but you know, that you, you start, and, and this is what I talk to, you know, I tell guys that are up and coming. There's a guy that's in Edmonton that I talk to, uh, you know, on a fairly regular basis and kind of mentor, help mentor him. And he's such a you know wonderful kid. And, and I just tell him, uh, you know, make sure that you stop and breathe. Because as much as we, you know, as much as coaches and our teammates and everything mean to mean to us or, or th- what they mean to us, they're not our family is our family. And there's nothing more important in life than your family. And that's something that, uh, you know, develop the relationships outside of the rink, you know, get to actually have a come learn how to have conversations with people learn to talk with them talk to them listen to them and you know take the time to smell the roses because pretty soon you know it, it's it's just gone it, it's it's you know you, you go back and it's like gosh dang i wish i had a couple more of them nhl paychecks just you know tucked away but knowing that i've been able to help you know, some guys and, and just kind of, because I, I, like I said, I, I didn't have the time to, if I sat and smelled the roses at my time, at my, uh, uh, uh point in my career, I, I would have been 
you know, blown by, like, you know, the next guy would have come along. So, I mean, I was just like, I felt like I was just on the go all the time, all the time, all the time. And I mean, that's the only thing that I have to say bad about it. It was, you know, I sacrificed everything and I didn't have an opportunity to, to go back and or to, to, to kind of watch and just kind of enjoy it a little bit more. And I mean, I think that's kind of where you get into the, you know, the 17 teams in nine, nine years or nine, you know, nine different players, whatever. But, you know, I, I would have liked to been in Edmonton or been somewhere for two, three, four, five, you know, but I mean, that's, that's the way the game is. I mean, you're a commodity, unfortunately. And, and if you're not producing, then the next guy's going to come. And, and it's just, that's just kind of the nature of the beast. And it's unfortunate, but it is the way it is. But. Like I said, I tell the young guys, up and coming guys, like just relax, don't rush it, enjoy your family, do the things. You know, hockey is a sport. Hockey's fun. It's it's not ever, you know. My mom and dad told me when I was young. They said when hockey isn't fun, that's when you need to retire and you need to quit. And I'll be honest with you, I I retired and then I came back and then I retired and then I just took some time away from hockey. Like I didn't want to do anything. And now. You know, 30, 39, uh, I think I started playing for, I think I was 37 maybe. And I started playing for the local team here. And, I mean, having a blast. Like, you know, and I'd be doing the same thing if I was back home too. I'd be playing senior hockey somewhere. I mean, I'd be smashing somebody's ankles and I might be getting my, you know. I'm, th- I'm thankful I'm not, I'm not against that. <laughs> I mean, I'd be getting my teeth handed to me, but by gosh, you know, they might whip me, but young whippersnappers and know they've been in one i i don't i'm not so sure about that i i think i'd be uh i'd be staring at your uh your kneecaps so to speak because uh you're what six five yeah six five yeah walking around at like 260 i'm five six five six you kidding me i couldn't even get up close enough to swing at you man i couldn't i couldn't catch you probably see that's the thing so and that's the other thing too it's like I was never, I mean, I'm not ever, I'm slow. I mean, I'm even slower now. So it's just like, you know, I just chop guys down a little, you know, dad's like, he's like, you can't do that. I'm like, dad, I mean, you of anybody, I'm not going to get embarrassed here. So I will take a penalty. If I have to break his arm, I will take a penalty. And he's like, you can't do that. I'm like, ain't cheating, ain't trying. But I mean, so, and I mean, I kind of, I, I love it. I mean, I get a lot of, away with a lot of stuff because it's a, but I, I always, I, I was playing defense. I'm back playing defense. Well, I've got my bionic knees, both one brace on each leg. And I mean, I'm, you know, getting around there. And, you know, I might've been a little chubbier a couple years ago. Might've weighed eh, closer to 300 than, you know, before, but <laughs> So anyway, I, I was more of a football player, physique-ish, you know. So anyway, I'm I'm literally like I I can't turn, I can't do nothing, and I mean, but I'm having fun. Well, I'm getting frustrated, so I just start chopping guys like right off the draw, across the lace, top of the laces. You know, I start getting, and then I start, and I mean, I wasn't practicing because I was working, but I'm playing. So now I'm getting back into game shape and I'm still cracking guys across the top. And the funny thing was like right off the draw, you know, you give a guy a shot off the laces and 
and uh you know it's like kind of a blah, blah, blah. well i'm every face off every face off every time i'd chop guys off and i mean and i do it so fast I and mean, i wouldn't do it with two hands i just do it with one but i could you know hit guys around top. and i mean i have one guy i'm telling you he's like don't you do it don't you don't you do it and i kind of faked like and i mean he literally jumped three foot the other way and I'm sitting there kind of just, I'm giggling. And he looks at me and he starts, he busts out laughing too. And of course she just kind of put her head down and, you know, went on the day. And I don't think I did it the rest of the game to him, but I mean, it was just, I'm kind of a big bully at this, but I mean, it's the thing about it is it's fun. I enjoy it. I'm back playing for the fun of the game and, and uh, for the love of the game and the fun of the game. That's something that, you know, I, I, I reiterate to the guys that I talk to is, is, if it's not fun, you don't need to be doing it. And, you know, it's serious. It's, it's serious. You don't want to take it for granted. You don't want to go out there. And like I said, there's a difference between having fun and, and going out there and just, you know, put your whatever. That's, that's not what I mean. I go out there, like even at 40 years old, like I go out there and I play hard as hard as I can. Cause that's the way I'm wired, but that's fun for me. But, uh, but anyway, but yeah, it's like I said, it's, it's, still trying to play and still enjoying it. But that was the one thing that I don't think it, that gets brought up is, is the sacrifice. And I mean, everybody sacrifices, don't get me wrong, but the, the family side of it, the, the, the little things like that, you know, when they, when you're done and you're retired, you go back and think about it, man, I wish I could have been there for that. Or, you know, I wish I could have done this. And, you know, unfortunately, if you can, if you let it get you down, it will get you down, but, you know, me and my brother, you know, we talked about it and, uh, <clears throat> you know, you move on and do the best you can. I got to ask about, uh, actually one thought on that. Uh, when it comes to sacrifices, when you want to be at the absolute top level, I don't care if you're talking hockey or sporting business, it doesn't matter. There's everybody makes that sacrifice. Oh, yeah. when you can find that balance where maybe maybe you're at that level, but you got there at a young age so that you're not doing it through the young years of your kids or marriage, that yeah. you can find that balance sooner. When you're pushing for the best, man, that's that's what sacrificing it. You gotta put in the time. You gotta you gotta go where people don't want to go. Right. I mean, as a young guy, you you know, your buddies are going out and having some frosties. Yeah. And uh, you gotta be in the gym or at the rink or at the prospects tournament or wherever else. I got to yeah. ask about PA because there's two local guys. One would have been the top scorer of the year, Scotty Hartnell. And oh, yeah. another one would have been a little off the radar. And I'm, I don't know. I, I don't know the timeline of if he was in PA or you were in PA or what, but does Dwayne Perlat ring a bell? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. That's a name. That's a blast from the past. Diesel, Diesel, Diesel played senior with us in Helmont. He's from my hometown. Don't pair tits. <laughs> you tell him I said that. <laughs> I'm going to make sure he sees this. Absolutely. Oh, God. That's uh, I'm trying to think where him and I, if it was in Prince Albert or if it was in Kindersley. Well, he played. I can't remember. So I've had Diesel was like guest number I don't know. I can't remember. 15 on this. It was a long time ago, a year and a half ago. And he 
he played for PA and then he went down to, I want to say Humboldt and from yeah. Humboldt got picked up by Kindersley for the Anavit. Does that sound right? Something like that. Could have been. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a blast in the past. I can't remember, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Beauty. Air tits. We that's... picked on him a lot. It was either... <laughs> <laughs> he uh, I, can't uh, believe, uh, I can't believe you didn't shoot any of us. <laughs> Here's another one for you. I was trying to do uh, you played in heart. He was our backup goalie in Prince Albert. Yeah, that sounds I, I right. Quote me on that, but yeah, he was backup to Evan Lindsay. I think he uh, Diesel was <laughs> fantastic goaltender, fantastic, yeah. a yeah. giant of a man. Yeah, yeah, wow. That's a blast from the past. Well, I'm glad I could bring a name up on you that yeah. you haven't heard in a while. I, it's been a long time. <laughs> Dwayne, old days, old birthday. <laughs> how about oh, how about the Rangers? You you played for Hartford, uh, the Wolfpack. Yeah. Did you get to go? Uh, you you uh, whether it's training camp, whatever. Like I was looking at the time you were playing for the Wolfpack. The, Am I right in thinking you were on the ice with guys like Messier, Yager, Kovalev, Leach, Lindros, Holik? Is that the right time, Aaron? Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think. Um, so that was – trying to Two, think. Uh, 2003 is when I see you're, you're yeah. in Hartford. Actually, in 04 for that matter. I want to say uh, I went to training camp in Hart- – well, actually in New York. And uh, – Yager was there. Um, I want to say Lindros was there the year before. That sounds about remember, right. I can't remember exactly. And then Kovalev, I don't think he was there. Like they had a pretty kind of hodgepodge team there. That 0405 or 05. I can't remember. And I mean not hodgepodge, like you know, but it just it was it wasn't. Uh, uh, it wasn't like the big namers they had the year before. I think. I think. Leach retired maybe the year before, I think. Um, I met Graves and Richter. Uh, they were they're retired. What did you uh, think of what did you think of uh, Madison Square? So we our training camp was actually in uh, Westchester. Was that the practice? Oh, so you, didn't, you didn't even get to you didn't even get to play uh oh, or... well I did, but not with the Rangers. I got to I got to fight at Madison Square Gardens twice. Did you? Twice? Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I got my tail kicked the first one, and, and I did pretty good in the second one. I redeemed myself, I think, in the second one. So, But uh, I definitely got my tail kicked in the first one. You know, uh, I got I to gotta know, you, you brought up Trailer Park Boys. I hear yeah. you got a good Bubbles impersonation. Is that true? Well, I used to. I It's it's out of practice right now, but I I, uh, I used to have one. It's on. It's on YouTube. There, you will have to check it out. You're but, not gonna. You're not even gonna try and get back on the bicycle, eh? Well, I got my glasses on. <laughs> I guess I could. I guess I could a little bit. But uh, <clears throat> but anyway, uh, no, I actually got to meet him, and I actually got to put Bubbles' goggles on, and like literally, they like his eyes. He doesn't have to. His eyes are that big. Like they're like magnif- two magnifying glasses. I was like, Mike, where did you get these? He's like, I got them out of a garage sale. 
And I mean, they're literally, he's like, please be careful with them. They're held together with scotch tape. So that was pretty cool. But I got a picture, uh, Dwayne, or uh, pardon me, Dwayne Stafford. Barry Stafford took a picture of me and, and them guys. And I, I'm sitting there like, you know, with the got with these glasses on. And it was, oh, God. Well, here, I before I let you go, we do a little thing at the end. Uh, the Crude Master Final Five. A shout out to Heath and Tracy McDonald here in Lloydminster. Uh, huge supporters of the podcast. It's just five questions, and then Thanks, I'll get you, back, uh, get you back to your day. Um, Absolutely. If you could sit down with one person like I'm doing, have anyone you wanted, who would you take? Phil Robertson. And what would you ask him? Uh, everything. Probably one of the wisest men to walk the earth right now. All right. Line mates. You get to pick them. Who are you, who are you picking up? Or defense partner. Whichever way you want to go. You want to well, play D, you want to play forward. I'm not going to brag, but Sidney Crosby played on my line. So he'd be definitely one. Uh, who'd be my other, my, my winger, you know, uh, he's a D man, but I'd have to go with Brent Curry. He's one of my good buddies. And I still talk to There's a blast from the past. He's actually from back home. Funniest guy I've ever met. In my can life. you imagine the, the sports writers on that line? Crosby yeah. being set, <laughs> centering two D men. Nobody yeah, touch him. Perfect. I mean, absolutely. You touch him, we'll break your. Yeah, but I mean, I'm trying to think. He would be (laughs) my buddy. So funny. I'm gonna tell you a funny quick story about Sid. So Sid's skating around, right? So we're the fifth line. Well, Sid's on the fifth line with me, right? And I think Tony Granato, he filled in. He was a coach, and I was like, he's like, my buddies are like, yeah, senior. uh, You know, I seen you're on Sid's line. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me tell you something. The fifth line, that's my line, and Sid was on my line. So let's just clear that up right here. So, and of course, you know, everybody got a good chuckle, of course. And all's good. But, I mean, there's – there's Sid's definitely my centerman by far. Because, I mean, he could bank it in off my ass, and it's still a goal. Goal's a goal, right? Absolutely. I could, get, I could get 50 him just banking it in off my ass. What is Sid like? Like, is Sid – Great guy. Yeah? Yeah, yeah really. He's – He's really vanilla when people, uh, when the interviews, but he's, he's a good, like, he's, he really is a good guy. He really is. He's funny. He's got no, well, uh, <laughs> I shouldn't say this, but we giggle and he'd be like, Hey Sid, go talk to that girl. Just tell him your name. Just tell him your name. You know? And he'd get all red and you, you know, kind of, <laughs> Like, just funny. Just, James Neal used to give him hell all the time. You know, I came in, I came in and we're undressed. You know, we're getting getting ready to put our underwear on, you know. So we're getting out of our street clothes. And these two idiots are, are literally, like, at each other's throat talking about the power play. And I'm like, fuck. Like, you guys are arguing about the power play. I'm like, I mean, just back and forth, back and forth. Like two little, two old women, just back and forth, bickering back and forth, like old couple, whatever you want to call it. And I mean, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, good God. I said, I just, I wish I just got on the ice, let alone power play. Like, you want to shoot? No, I want to shoot. All right, well, you know, whatever. I'm just sitting there like, you know, I've texted my buddy. And I was like, I never would have thought I'd be sitting in, in, in the lounge or in the, in the dressing room when these two idiots are sitting here arguing about power play. You know, small town Saskatchewan boy, and these two, you know, all stars are sitting there arguing about a freaking power play. 
hell, I'm just lucky to get on the ice. I'm happy with that. So, you know, it's just different, but I'll never forget that. Number 33. Why? Well, uh, <laughs> Wade Belak was number 30. He started out with number three, I think, in Saskatoon. And I came on after him. Actually, the Ryan Henderson was there, and then I came on. And uh, uh, the trainer at that time was like, here, this is your number. I was like, okay, I got some big shoes to fill. And then, obviously, Marty McSorley, uh, he was one of my, my all-time favorite spoilers growing up. Uh, you know, just just a, you know, no nonsense, just kind of whatever goes. Didn't really have, like, you just, it was a free fall. It was, it was like, you didn't know, I mean, you know, back then, he was raw and and then like I said, he developed his game and I mean he was tough as nails and just played the role. I wish I could have played it a little bit more like him, but they, you know, just the way the rules were, they handcuffed us so much that we couldn't really do our job properly. Not saying that I, you know, I might have been born two years or ten years too late, because there's a lot of tough guys ten years earlier. <laughs> so you know, but uh, the rules definitely, you know. But but those two guys, you know, big part of why I wore 33. And then, like I said, uh, you know, it was just some kind of uh, normalcy or, you know. But there's a couple of times where I had threatened guys or had to take them for dinner or whatever before I could get it. So if you could have one person as your tag team partner in the WWE, who would you take? Oh, God. You know what? My coworker, Big Jay Jackson, he's about six foot nine, probably about 350. His legs, his calves are the size of my legs. He's on the truck company. He's the biggest man I've ever seen in my life. And the funny thing about it is, like, I talk shit to him all the time. I'm like, my God, I'm going to kick your ass, Big Jay. I'm going to, I'm going to kick it. And I mean, we were down at the training center and it's just like, like, just two big grizzly bears. Like, he's way bigger than I am. But, I told him, I was like, you know what? You might be big, but I'm going to kick you straight square in the Nainers. Like, I don't care. You want to come on. I, you know, I, I tell him, I said, you, you can't fix crazy. I said, you, you know, that's my thing. If I, you know, and of course, but I mean, if he, his hands are like, you know, I've got big hands, but he's got like, and I'll never forget him. The first time I met him, I'm like, Jay, have you ever thought about anybody? He's big old country corn fed, like works hard one of just big just a big human nicest guy in the world and and smart too um i said to him i said jay you ever you know i'm thinking sports man i'm thinking this guy played football i was like jay i said uh you ever play football he says no he says i never had a hankering for it and i'm like oh, thank god because you'd literally kill somebody right <laughs> man he is huge like i'm not kidding you his calves are the size of my quads I mean, he's the biggest man I've ever seen in my entire life. He's a big human, but he'd definitely be the guy I'd want to be tag team with. All right, your final one. There's a lot of beef. Funny thing is, I was on the truck company the other day with him. Well, our captain, so I'm riding in the back. Jay's driving, and our captain's this little guy. You know, he's not like he's average size, whatever. And he's like, man, he's like, I feel like the toughest son of a bitch ever. (laughs) And nobody's messing with him. I'm riding heavy today, boys. <laughs> well, your final one is you go back to your father, and he got tongue-tied by Bobby Orr. 
Uh, is there a guy out there that you'd want to sit and have a, a bevy or two with that might have you tongue tied that you're just like, man, that's, that's, that's whoever, I don't know. Who you it know is. what? <laughs> There's two people that actually got me tongue tied. When Terry Clark came into the, you know, the country music scene, I was like, for me to the desk away from her. And I didn't, I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> and my buddy to this day, I told him that story. He's like, you idiot. Cause he loves Terry Clark. And Terry um, Clark's like, a good looking lady too. Yeah. Back then she, yeah, she definitely was. But, uh, but then grapes, we were in, oh, man, I saw, ah, uh, I've never, I never got to meet grapes. Uh, you know, I haven't yet, but if I ever get the opportunity, I, he was, he walked right by me in, in, in uh, we were in Winnipeg and I'm, I kind of was like, mm-hmm. that's great. Like I just, you know, I sat and talked to Ron McClain. Well, um, that's a sore subject, but I, you know, before all the, you know, everything happened, but I sat and talked to him. He was flying in the same plane as I was. I, I asked him all about him. He's like, Oh yeah, no, he's great. Whatever. But those two guys probably, well, those are the two, like I said, I got, you know, obviously Terry Clark. Here's, I could here's, tell you nothing. Here's the cool thing about Don is I got to interview Don like four or five episodes ago, just by phone. Really? And I was like, I was really nervous about, about doing it. Cause I heard so many stories about him that he was like, going to be, I don't know, kind of rude is what I'd heard. And I was like, yeah. oh, man, this is a guy. Like I, I bought Rock'em Sock'em as a kid and yeah. we watched it all, all the time on Christmas. And yep. he was such a nice guy and it was such yep. an easy conversation. And, yeah. Don't get me wrong. He he's an older guy now, but yeah. man, I'd ask him about just about anything, and he'd be like, "Oh, yep, remember this time?" And off he'd go again. And it was freaking awesome. I got to check that out. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, it's 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 like I said, I I didn't have an ch- opportunity to say hello or speak to yeah. him because it was kind of like in crossing, but it was just now another guy that I got to meet, Bob Cole. Like <sighs> you know. There's a guy that there's a legend. I'm telling you, dude, he, you know, when I met Bob Cole, he's not a, I'm thinking Bob Cole and Bob Cole, the deep voice, Bob, you know, and I'm thinking this guy's like, gotta be about six foot five. He's like, I don't know, five foot seven, five foot eight. I'm like, Hey Steve, I'm Bob Cole. And of course I'm like, Whoa, you know, he's Bob Cole. And then I was like, I mean, he's just a little fella, but I mean, you know, I got to meet Bob Cole. That was cool as hell. Uh, and then obviously Rod Phillips, there's another guy that, you know, just talking to, but I mean, you know, I got to meet so many cool people and, you know, for me, I didn't really ever get uh, tongue tied other than obviously those two instances where I was like, oh, uh, uh, I, you know, of course they're already gone, but uh, don't feel bad. Uh, don't feel bad. I once got tongue tied. I got to interview him on here, but Daryl Sutter, when I was like, I don't know. Uh, I was probably like 24, 25 was yeah. at the Bruce stampede and oh, yeah. was in his Wranglers and his hat and shit kickers. And I sat there and I just was like, I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to say hello. I sat in a circle with him sitting there just talking about whatever. And I couldn't, I couldn't spit it out. That's Daryl Sutter. I said that to my wife, my wife's from Minneapolis and she goes, who's that? And I'm like, ah, you just don't get it. Yeah. No. It's okay. It is, you know, you can set this one out, honey. <laughs> oh, Daryl, he's he's one of the nicest, like cool guy. Like oh, really, really down earth. Like, down earth. Yeah, I've I've met 
I can't remember. I get them all mixed up. Of course, I have Brent as a coach. That's a funny story too. I don't know how much time you got, but I got a Brent story straight. But anyway, let me be uh, very, let me be very, very clear. You're the guy sitting in a fire station. I can't tell if you got to go or what. No, no we got I, time. And the guys are just the guys are just waiting to clean up supper. But I mean, it's all right. They're they're yeah, they're fine. I'll <laughs> clean up. Supper. But uh, uh, the shutters. Um, I'm gonna tell you, this was a life lesson that I learned. And uh, it's actually kind of funny because the second time I went to Pittsburgh, well, actually the second year I went to Pittsburgh, uh, I met Brandon Sutter, super nice guy, really, really laid back, super nice guy, not anything like his dad, like just totally, you know, I think he was more like, I've never met his mom, but I'm, I'm sure that, I mean, he's got obviously that competitive streak like his dad, don't get me wrong, but I get traded from, uh, excuse me. From Saskatoon, I get traded to Red Deer. It's a six-hour drive from Saskatoon to Red Deer. Found, excuse me, found out I got traded that morning. I think they practiced at, I don't know, 4 or 5 o'clock, whatever. First practice I get there, we get bag skated. I'm six hours been in the truck, my old Chev Scottsdale single cab. So <laughs> my legs felt like jello driving a straight drive. And uh, so anyway, <laughs> my legs were jello. So, I mean, and he's up there, you know, up there in the stand, I'll never forget. But anyway, I'm saying, oh, God. So, anyway, right off the hop, we kind of didn't really see eye to eye. And he had just retired from, you know, the NHL, just bought the team, just, you know, did this, did that, whatever. We didn't really see eye to eye. And uh, there were some instances where, yeah. We had a – I was a student. He was a teacher. I didn't understand what he wanted. and But anyway, we get to back to the point. So we – I was playing in, in Medicine Hat or for Medicine Hat, and him and I got in a pissing match. And I'm yelling at poor Josh Mazur. There's a buddy of mine that I absolutely love, guy that I, you know, fought many a times. And Josh and I always had good fights. Like he just really good. Like he's a tough, tough guy. And I mean, you know, we were back and forth. He, for a smaller guy, he, he could, he could fire him. He was tough. And I, you know, did good against them, whatever. Well, this night, oh my gosh, he was doing something. And, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of, uh, you know, kind of barking at him. And Brent comes down and kicks me in the back of the pants. He's like, you know, freaking do something about it, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, I'm like, you know, never has any coach told me to go out. So, I mean, I'm like, I mean, it just, you know, I went out there and I mean, I, I felt bad. And I mean, Josh is a big boy, whatever, but he didn't have a hope in hell that day. And with all due respect to Josh, love him. I would never fight him off the ice, but anyway, that's another story. But go out there and I mean, I'm just, absolutely more devastated, mortified. I don't even know the, exp I was just in a complete utter rage. And, uh, cause I was mad. I wasn't even mad. I wasn't even mad at Maze. Maze was just playing to do his job. I was more mad at Brent and, uh, go out there. And I mean, you know, just absolutely. Anyway, I, get, I think I ended up after come back and he didn't even say nothing. Good fight or nothing. But anyway, I think I got caught for too many men or something like that. So anyway, oh, of course, Oh boy. He's, I, I mean, you might as well just pack your shit on it and just go back on the bus. So anyway, 
got this penalty, sent it to the penalty box. And I'm like, you know, I didn't play the rest of the, the rest of the night. I think I got like two shifts or something. So my mom and dad come up, come down to watch me. So they drive two and a half hours to come watch me. Right. So we lose. So we're going to eat. Well, he wouldn't let me eat with my parents. And, uh, so that didn't bode very well. And, uh, and like I said, you know, whatever, everything happens for a reason. Well, anyway, him and I had some words and, you know, this, that, and everything else. And he ended up calling me into the, into the coach's room. And I mean, I was at that point where, I mean, I was, I was like, I just, I didn't know what he wanted. I, I really truly didn't know what I wanted to quit hockey and forget, like go back to Cowboy and Ranch or whatever. He brought me in and he told me, he said, you know, he said, I know you're thinking about quitting. He said, if you quit now, he said, you quit the rest of your life. And I mean, you know, your dad teaches you that when you're growing up, your mom and dad, but it never really ever resonated. And to this day, you know, that conversation that I had, I didn't know what he wanted. And this will kind of go into uh, another, uh, you know, side note. I'd never talked to him. I hated his guts. I couldn't stand the sight of Brent Sutter. Like I freaking detested him. And because of that, you know, how I thought I was treated or how I, you know, whatever. And uh, it was just, you know, uh, personality clashes just you know just I, I really wasn't sure what he wanted I didn't know how to do my job properly and uh so anyway you know I was kind of not I just had a bad taste in my mouth but anyway long story short um I meet him well actually he's coaching Calgary and I was in Edmonton the year before and uh he I got put on waivers Florida picked me up. That's right. So he was in Calgary and I was in Edmonton the year before my first year. And then I got put on waivers, picked up by Florida. I went and played with their uh, American league team, the uh, Americans. Well, we were playing, they were bought, they got kicked out or not kicked out, but they uh, didn't make playoffs. So they were beat out of playoffs or whatever. Well, we're, uh, we're playing Abbotsford in Abbotsford. Uh, we go out for supper after there's like a restaurant bar grill, whatever, right beside the rink. So we go there. I'm there with some friends of mine and my family and, and in walks. Well, first Ryan McGill walks in. I'm thinking, Oh, Hey Gilly, you know, whatever. Cause Gilly was my coach in, in uh, Hartford. Well, in walks Brent. So me, I'm sitting there like, I'm literally like, you know, I'm sitting here like 10 years later. I'm like, all right, what do I do here? You know, if I see him, you know, what am I going to do? So I got up out of my chair and I go over over to him. I know I hadn't spoken to Brent in 10 years or whatever it was. I think it was eight years, 10 years, whatever. And I go, I say, Brent, I said, you step outside. I said, I'd like to talk to you. And of course, Brent being Brent, yeah, he goes walking outside and, uh, you know, and he's on the sidewalk and I'm on the street. And, uh, you know, I looked at him dead in the eye and I said, I'm gonna tell you something. He says, I told him, I said, I want to thank you. And he looked at me. He's like, what? He said, I want to thank you. I said, I didn't, I didn't understand what you wanted from me when you were my coach in Red Deer. He said, now, I said, I've understood what you wanted. And I appreciate the fact that you instilled that don't quit attitude. And you, you know, the short time that I was with you, you helped mold my, you know, future. Like even when you're down and out, you never quit. And you could see him kind of just, and I mean, both of us, I think we're kind of like, oh. 
you know. <laughs> he thought like, he was going out to stuff. just, here we go. Like, well, anyway, you know, kind of, and then we started talking, you know, jackass, you know, whatever. It was no big deal. But, I mean, that was an instance. Well, the next year, two years later, whatever, Brandon, you know, Brandon and I, meet, he, we're telling this story. And he's like, yeah, he said, my dad came home or whatever he was telling me. He said, good God. He said, I was so glad <laughs> that I, I didn't get to swing it or whatever. He said, for sure, I thought he was going to deck me. <laughs> we had a good chuckle over that one. But, and, I mean, even to this day, like, if I see Brent, I'll just, you know, just kind of giggle. Because, you know, it's just one of them life lessons that as a young kid, you know, playing junior, nobody really tells you what you're supposed to do. You know, you're, you're trying to feel your your way through the game. You don't really know what – I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. Hell, I never even – I never grew up fighting and scrapping. I didn't understand it. But, you know, it was just kind of one of them things where, you know, <laughs> looking back, it was like, you know what? I might have hated your guts then, but you know what? You taught me something, and I appreciate that. So that was, that was kind of cool. But anyway. That's a, that's a yeah, cool was, story. That's a, that's a hell of a way to end a podcast. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, but, I pre- I appreciate you hopping on and taking some time for oh, me. I had a blast. Like I said, I could sit here and talk all night. <laughs> well, that only means one thing. We can have you back on <laughs> hey, at some point, right? Anytime. You got my number, and, and anytime you need to fill some air, just let me know. I'll, I'll <laughs> take all the space you need me to take. <laughs> well, thanks, Steve. All the best to you here uh, in the future. You bet. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Hey, folks. Thanks for joining us today. If you just stumbled on the show, please click subscribe. Then scroll to the bottom and rate and leave a review. I promise it helps. Remember, every Monday and Wednesday, we will have a new guest sitting down to share their story. The Sean Newman Podcast is available for free on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and wherever else you get your podcast fix. Until next time. You still listening? You still waiting to hear the end of it? Well... If you've listened this long and you enjoyed Steve that much, you're in luck. Instead of bloopers this week, we got a couple extra minutes uh, carved out for Steve McIntyre because after we stopped, we kept going. So here's the uh, here's the extra. Enjoy. God damn, I love senior hockey. Oh, like I said, I, you know, I'd be back home. I'd I'd rather. That's something that I never got is playing senior hockey. Like, I mean, let me tell you I, something. There is nothing better. Then senior hockey is, and I'm I'm uh, I'm uh, partial to Saskatchewan, and I'm partial because I only got to ever play a cup of coffee in Finland, never anything yeah. at higher levels. But when you get to a good senior hockey team, you oh. get to play with that group for like, well, I, I had the same defense yeah. partner for nine straight years. It was fucking yeah. unreal. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, I've always wanted to play senior with my brother because yeah. my brother, like, it would probably be bad because. I'd be wanting to, if anybody touched him, I'd fucking kill him. Even at 40 years old, like I'd, I might murder him. But I mean, that would, that would be, you know, you want to talk about line mate. That'd be that. I f- totally forgot about that one. That's an idiot. Me, Sid, and my brother. What an idiot. God. Well, I got to, I got to one game because we we're short players. I got to suit up with my oldest brother who is turning, fuck, what am I? He's turning 45 this year, but he would have been like 40 at the time. Yeah. And, then my next brother who would have been like 38 and then my next brother who would have been like 35 and my nephew, we all suited up for one game and we're the opening lineup. So five oh, Newman's wow. strolled out onto the ice. It's freaking awesome. My oldest brother talks about it. Like he was in the Stanley cup finals or something now when he regales the store. 
But I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, like playing with your dad, like that's honestly probably my biggest dream is if I got to go back home and, and play hockey, like I'd be like, David, we're playing senior hockey this year. That's all there is to it. Just pack your shit and we're just going to do it. And if anybody touches you, I'll fucking kill them. Hard mic. <laughs> but I expect the same from you too. Yeah. Like, well, let me tell you a funny story. So we're back in talking about we're playing rec hockey. All right. So there's me, my brother, my dad, my uncle. All right. We're playing in Brock. We're, I forget who we're playing. But now my dad is like the most laid back, non-confrontational, lady bing type kind of player. And there's my uncle, who's the biggest freaking stick artist that you would ever. I mean, he can't shoot a lick like big is all outdoors, but cannot shoot a puck like has a wrist shot that like just it's a little i mean it's terrible my brother's the same way he's got like moves he's got more moves than chick-fil-a x-lex but he cannot shoot the puck well me i can shoot the puck but i have zero hands so between the four of us i mean there's not a lot of talent there but then there's my dad you know he's just he's got the old school jofa like shell samuelson jofa yeah the big earpiece is like the it looks like you got a basketball on your head. He's out there wheeling around. He's got the old Bauer, you know, gold tip blades and the old coho that's eight feet long. And he's just, you know, just out there. Me and my brother and my uncle were just, just giving it. Well, this guy comes up and just whacks my dad, you know, and I seen it. I go over and chop to something. And I said, listen here, buddy, you touch him again. You're going to have three McIntyres on your ass. So, I, you know. <laughs> it was just looking back it was just like that's such a meathead but i mean that was kind of what i think i was with the blades in or raiders i can't remember but it was just kind of that mentality is like don't touch me don't be touching my dad like that don't be touching the family like that i'll kill you I, you know i got I mean, to play just, in uh i got to play in a tournament in uh biking and uh it was it was uh brett sutter's tournament he does in the summertime yeah. and yeah. Uh, i got to play against the sutter twins and they must oh, have hit me like three or four times and just loved every second of it. What are you going to do to them? Like, what am I literally going to say to them? I, I got up, looked at them, and was like, all right, carry on, right? Like, one. Uh, good one. Okay, yeah. man. Well, I really appreciated this. I should have given hey, Clint buddy. a shout out for him and or him and Ed hooking this up for me. Like, I mean, Oh, yeah. Tell him I said hello, too. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah, absolutely. we'll do. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, really nice meeting you, Steve. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. It.